Hello there, welcome to the De-Stress Yourself podcast. I hope you're well and rested and feeling good. Um, I'm going to be brutally honest, it feels wrong to lie on this podcast. (laughs) Um, I feel bloody awful right now. Um, I've been working quite a lot uh, in my day job, so I've not actually spoke about my day job that much on the podcast, Um, but I work for a radio station, Radio 2. And so I've been working on a 24-hour kitchen disco dance-a-thon with a singer called Sophie Alex, Sophie Alex Baxter. Um, and so, yeah, I was on a 5 a.m. train this week and then I didn't get back until about 12 a.m. Straight back at it. And yeah, it's um, it's been one of those weeks where you don't get a lot of sleep. Um, and I always feel like such a hypocrite when I'm run down now um, because I'm such a like self-care, yeah. And today I was like sat hunched over my laptop like a gremlin, viciously typing away. And I just had a bit of a meltdown and I started crying because I had some cheesecake and I was like, I've not been the gym. And my boyfriend was like, do you think you might just be a bit tired? And I was like, yeah. So that's my update. I'm knackered. Um, I feel like there's probably a lot of people who are in the same boat as me. Christmas, it's always a bit of a busy time of the year, isn't it? It's where everyone's jobs always seem to be really chaotic over the festive period. I don't know why it is, but it does kind of feel like no matter what job you're in, it's always busier this time of year. Um, And I I do feel like this time of year as well, like November time, it's where everyone seems to come out the woodworks and wants to make plans. And it's lovely, but it's just, it's stressful, isn't it? Trying to fit everything in. And then Do you know what? Even if you're at the other end of the scale, say if you don't have many people wanting to make plans and then you feel really alone and it's heightened because you're seeing everyone on Instagram all out together. And so I guess no matter what end of that sort of spectrum you're on, it's, it is a bit of a stressful time, isn't it? So on today's episode, this is just going to be a quick one today. Um, so tomorrow, the 19th, no, the, yes, the 19th of November, it is International Men's Day. So I just thought that was a really good excuse, really, to talk about men's mental health. Um, and yeah, I think I wanted to talk about this because there's so many stats that you see on the news, on documentaries, um, about how high the stats are around things like suicide awareness and, you know, basically just men seem to have poorer mental health than other genders because I think there still is a bit of a stigma attached with a lot of men and whether that's because of, you know, masculinity and how, you know, there's still a bit of a pressure or a stigma around men having to be masculine and provide, um, I mean, which I think is all nonsense. They really don't. I I like a man that cries. I like a man that can talk about his feelings. Um, But it is a shame, but it is still definitely such a stigma around it. And I mean, there's been loads of really good documentaries that I've seen over the past sort of year, two years. There was the Roman Kemp one on BBC iPlayer after the awful news where his colleague and friend uh, sadly took his own life. And that is a really good documentary that highlights mental health in men and depression and checking in on your mates and like really checking in though, not just saying, you're right, mate, just saying are you actually okay though? Like, are you okay? Um, 
I also recently came across a really good Instagram page called You OK Lad. And that just is like a page where they have like quotes from celebrities who have suffered with depression. They share a lot of stats around it. So it's quite like informational. And they just share a lot of tips on how to ask your mate if they are actually struggling. Because sometimes it is that your mates want to check in on you, but maybe they just don't even know how to go about it. I think for a lot of men, they actually just don't know how to bring up that conversation or maybe they're struggling, but they don't know how to find the words to explain to their friend. So yeah, that's a really good Instagram page to follow if you fancy some tips and advice around that. And so I wanted to have a bit of an excuse as well to just have a recap of some of the older episodes of the podcast. So I've had some really cool, really great guys on this podcast who have shared their personal stories, some advice. We had Dave, uh, Mindset by Dave, who spoke about um, the advice that he gives on speaking about how you're feeling and how to like handle your emotions Um, how to like switch your negative mindset into a positive mindset. That was really good. And I had a guy called Cairo, um, who this was a really, really sad story, but so brave that he came on and spoke about it. Uh, Sadly, his brother, his little brother, Jaden, had took his own life recently before uh, joining me to talk about it. So it was very like raw. Um, It was a really moving, powerful and emotional chat. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to have a bit of a recap, share some of the highlights from some of these conversations that I've had, some of the bits that people sort of fed back and said, wow, like that was so moving or that was a really good little nugget of advice. So I really hope that you enjoy listening to some of the highlights. You might have heard it before, you might not have heard it. Either way, I hope you enjoy it. My, my actual name is Ardish. That's how like it's said Ardish. in like traditionally. Yeah. But um, in the UK, people call it Ardash, call me Ardash. And Ardash sounds like Adash. Adash is a hyphen. So it's like a play on words in my name. Oh, I see. And so like, that's where hyphen came from. Yeah. And like, I like uh, that. And I mean, there, there are other kind of... Am I allowed to swear, by the way? I feel I should check Oh that. my God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there are other sort of like bullshitty reasons which have come up. And it, it kind of shows it was the right thing to call it. So mm. hyphen also because uh, it's easy to spell. So I mean, that's just... I don't know, you say your name at a gig, you want people to be able to find you afterwards. Yeah. But then also yeah. because I kind of, when I started music and still am, I was like in between careers. So it's like hyphen because you're yep. in between, in between oh, things. I so, like yeah. that. Yes. Yeah, lo- lots of, <laughs> lots realistically, of it just like sounded kind of cool <laughs> and like made sense. It is a cool name. I like it. So I was actually going to talk to you about this. So sure. take us back. So you went from working in finance. That's right, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you... So you quit that job to become a rapper. So talk to us about yeah. this. So I was, I didn't do music at school or university or anything. Like I tell this story probably too often, but like at one point I was so not into music that I confused Lamar as in if there's any justice in the world with Kendrick <laughs> Lamar, who is now like my favorite <laughs> oh my rapper God. and no. has been for like five, for like ever since I got into music, I was like, oh my God, I love this man. Like mm. I've seen him live a bunch and yeah, I love him, but Kendrick uh, Lamar, you love, don't you? Kendrick Lamar, like, also, yeah, I saw, also, I saw you <laughs> post actually about this. Yeah, I, I like, I love him, right? And um, huge yeah. inspiration. But mm-hmm. the so basically, I was working 
yeah, I studied philosophy economics. I did this kind of like semi-professional thing. And then I got into a yeah. job in finance and it was at a big investment bank. And I kind of thought this was all that I'd ever wanted. This is all that everyone yeah. told me I wanted. I was in this environment where it was so like, you get such a big pat on the back for doing it. And then I got there and it wasn't me. I hated it. I was miserable. And there's nothing wrong with doing those things if that's what you want to do. But it just wasn't me. And I was really miserable. And so I was like, I don't know, it caused me to reevaluate a lot. And at that point, I, I was very depressed. Like, I just, uh, I'm sure we'll get onto it, but a, a lot was going on at that point. And then I had this little notebook, which I was just, ha- I was writing down things I had to do. And I was just hung over on a train and I was like, oh shit, start writing down how I feel. And it just kind of rhymed. And I know that sounds, oh, wow. I don't know. It, I love I that. I, yeah. And um, it felt like, uh, I I know a guy from work who, he's one of these people he's like found God, like he, he like yeah. had an epiphany, found God. And his description of that feeling felt like what I felt at that point where it when felt very profound. Music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I started writing and I was like, Oh shit, this mm-hmm. is, this is, this is it. And, um, since then I've been very like dedicated to it and yeah, it's been going good, I guess. Did you ever know like that Jaden was feeling a certain way or was Jaden always a happy person? Did did you have any idea of, of the sorts of feelings and thoughts that he was going through? Um, well, th- this is a sort of a difficult one. And now going through it firsthand, it's, it's like yes and no. Um, because yeah, I mean, obviously when you go with hindsight and you sort of analyze the situation, you can see all the different potential things that led him to be there. Um, But there wasn't anything uh, particularly obvious at the time. You know, Jaden's always been, uh, what could I use to describe him? I just call him balanced. Like he's he's very, um, he's very easily able to let go of situations. So Jaden's the type of person that if you were to get into a heated argument with somebody, you would sort of just be like, just let it go, it's not worth it. You know what they're like, you know, it's what you're gonna get from this. That was sort of his way. And um, so yeah, that obviously makes it difficult anyway, because if he was trying to sort of get something out, I'm sure it would have been a lot more hidden. But no, Jaden had never been through any bouts of depression um, or any sort of extended periods of sadness or anything he was just everybody that met him just he was a happy bubbly guy um but in private obviously there were definitely parts of his life that he was struggling with and um it's of my opinion that it seems to me like young men who are in anywhere between like 18 and even 25 uh starting to find their feet have a very weird time where um you know adult life kicks in and situations aren't going the way you always imagined them and it doesn't feel the same. Um, And I think it's just when you're on your own, obviously that was too hard for him to handle. Um, So yeah, but there was, yeah, I think it's hard in hindsight because it could be so many things and he didn't tell us. And so we can guess, but we'll never really know what it was that pushed him over that, that edge, unfortunately. Yeah, that that's the thing, isn't it? You can always look back in hindsight and pick apart all these little things, but I guess no one really knows what is going on in someone's mind. And I just feel like there is so many people that seem to be having dips at the minute. And that was why in the questions I sent over to you, I, I wondered what would you say to someone if there was a guy right now who's, you know, a similar age to Jaden who is having these thoughts of 
whatever it is that they're going through and they're feeling like, you know, there's no escape, what what would you say to them? Um, the first thing I'd probably say to somebody is just slow down, take a breath and, and take a moment. Um, because so many people have been through it. Like I've been through this myself and um, often it's not to do with what's really happening. It's to do with the fact that you can't get over uh, you're, what you expected to happen you know whether something's already happened to you and didn't meet your expectations and you're struggling to get over it or whether there's things you're worried about in the future um just slow down take a breath and and try to find what's true again like what is actually true about your life not what you think or you're worried about but what's actually true right now um and i just think in that process of grounding yourself um then we can start to talk about why because i think it's just you need to be able to express it and, and vent and figure out how you're feeling, um, but you don't know how to at the moment. Mental health is so much of it's about emotions, and like yeah, there's a time and a place for it being for it being deep and it for and for it being kind of the harder emotions, so to speak. I don't like to refer to them as negative or positive. Mm. I prefer to think of them as appropriate. Yeah, I like so that. So like, and you know, if people think of sadness as an if people think of sadness as a negative emotion, it's like, well, it's not. At a funeral, it's the most appropriate emotion. Someone yeah. going in and... You'd, you'd be very toxic if you were never sad. Like, you've got to feel sad at some point. Yeah, 100%. So for me, being being bullied at school was a big part of it. It's like I, I developed an eating disorder off the back of that. But I didn't start looking after myself physically or mentally until physically in my late 20 in my mid to late 20s mm. and then mentally i really started properly looking after myself in my late 20s literally 11 years ago this last august i mean i, I know it extremely well because i got to the point where i completely utterly screwed up my first marriage i got with someone in a toxic relationship i basically allowed that relationship to draw put a wedge between me and all of my family and all of my friends and I ended up like isolated completely utterly depressed um I have type 2 bipolar disorder as well which I was diagnosed at 14 okay. so all of that combined um in in August in August of 2009 I actually tried to take my own life and I've got, as I said, I've got two kids, they're 13 and 15. So, yeah. you know, a little bit of quick maths, people will be like, right, they were two and four then. Now, I genuinely believed at that point in my life that I was worthless. I believed in that point in my life, I had nothing left to give. Um, I and, and my kids would be better off without me. And then, yeah. and, um, so I actually did, I'd made an attempt on my own life. And thankfully screwed it up, which, you know, and Thank God. in that process, yeah. I know, in, wow. in that process, I actually, I built back up my relationship with the guy who was my best friend who I'd lost the relationship with whilst I was with this girl and um and you know I started slowly I, I I still at that point wanted to uh I still at that point if I'm perfectly honest was still thinking of ways to end it all yeah but I um I watched this film called The Diving Bell and the Butterfly and it's a French film. It's a true story about a guy with locked in syndrome and he could only communicate via blinking. So he'd blink to, t to, um, to a nurse and then she would use that to make the series of blinks. They'd write, they actually wrote a novel together through this and the film is the adaptation of the novel. And there's a bit where he's at the, the beach with his kids, two boys as well, um, a little bit older than mine were at the time, but they're running around on the beach and he's in the wheelchair with all the, the tubes and everything attached to him. And the line, it was all in French, but it was the subtitles at the bottom. It said, um, I realized that even a shadow, even a sliver of a dad is still a dad. And um, oh, I yeah. remember like at that point, like I'm like, okay, I felt like I had nothing left to give, but I was like, do I still have a sliver left to give? 
And I went from, I literally remember going from, I'm going to step out, I'm going to step aside and make the room for the person to come along to be my dad, my kid's new dad. You know, like I, if I get out the picture, they can get a new dad. That was kind of one of the things I thought. And and then I decided, you know what, I'm going to be that dad. And um, it started off with them. It started like, you know, at that point in my life, as I said, I'd always helped other people. But at that point in my life, I, I took a year or so to get kind of very much into, I need to help myself. Otherwise, I'm, otherwise I can't help anybody else. It's and, like um, you were meant to see that film, isn't it? Yeah, one, I mean, that's the 100%. And the thing is, it's there's so many weird kind of coincidence that led up to that, you know, like, obviously, yeah. this is... I so believe in this kind of stuff. Like, I so believe in, like, kind of the law of attraction, like, when the stars align and it's like you were meant to do something or see something or meet someone that would kind of save you from a dark place. Yeah, well, that's it. And um, and I suppose, like, last week, well, I, I put a post up and I put, well, I put a video together in a post up last week that said, basically... I thought that I had absolutely nothing left to give. And I've, I've worked with a ton of suicidal people in the last few years, um, and I, they all feel the same way. Like, there's three things that a suicidal person will believe. Um, like One of them is that they're, they're a worthless person. So the first thing they'll believe is about themselves. I'm worthless. I'm nobody, you know, the, I've got nothing left to yeah. give, whatever it might be. It's almost like a feeling of you wanting to apologize to people just for being you. Basically, yeah. Um, and the second thing is that the world's a terrible place. And then the third one, which is like the hardest, I think, for a lot of people to deal with, which is it's always going to be like this. And yeah, when a person 100%. believes all three of those things at the same time, when you think it's always going to be like that and you can't see any other possible other alternative way. And that's the thing is I truly, not not 99% believed that. I 100% believed that at the time, but that yeah. didn't make it true. I think you'll be interested in this right. because this... It's from it's football and it's from the obviously the greatest football club there is Manchester United, um, and it's something I saw on Twitter that was I think it was about a week or two ago and it's a letter that they sent out to their academy players so they're like just to explain it to you uh-huh. they're like youth players at the, so the players that that play for Manchester United but they could be ten eleven twelve thirteen year olds that are, that are signed for Man United so playing their their youth teams but obviously they're not playing at the minute so they so. Are they like the mascots that walk on? No. The- <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> the little kids oh, that walk on no. the fields with them. No, no, that's that's. What are they? I mean, they're just kids that have, luckily enough, got the chance to go and walk oh, out with so the players. Oh, so they don't actually play football. I mean, they probably do in the park and stuff. But I'm talking about people that are actually signed for Manchester United. So when. So Manchester United has a younger football team. That's Manchester yeah. United Junior, like There's- S Club Junior. Right. Oh, jeez. I didn't know. This is brand new information. Right. So every football club or high-level football club anyway, they have, obviously, Manchester United has the first team. That's the team that you see in the, the Premier League. The first team. Yeah. So that's like Paul Pogba. Yes, very well done. Thank you. That's the first team that you see playing the Premier League. You see them on telly, play all over the world. Yep. So they're the first team. Yep. Then, didn't know then it was go- more. it goes down from there. So then they'll have, an under. I think it's another 23 team now. And then they'll right. have... The 19 team. I had no idea this yeah. was a thing. So then it, the age groups go down. So obviously as a kid right. growing up, you play like, I mean, you might not have done, but the people people play football, I play football. I was never good enough to obviously play for a professional club. But these professional clubs can sign you. I, I'm not sure what, what the minimum age, but literally there's people that are, that are like seven, eight years old that, that have been signed to, 
to Man United and clubs like that. Okay. And does that mean that when they get older, they'll then qualify to be in the normal one? Well, that's the dream. But it doesn't but, always happen. No, there's, it's something like there's only. Oh, that's so sad. When you get signed on, there's, there's, it's literally, it's like a, a certain percentage. It must be under ten percent of of no players. Way. It'd be like one two percent of players that get signed that actually go on to make it to the first team. Okay. But we, we've verged off we've a little bit there. Gone off track. But all you need to know I've is a that lot right there. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we went way more in depth than I meant to there. But all you need to know is that the. Man United and a lot of football clubs have youth teams and they have kids in their youth teams, yeah? Yep, I'm on, I'm on right. track. So yeah. this letter Keep was sent up. out to the kids and probably the parents mm-hmm. of, of where the kids live um, to all the youth academy across the age groups and it's a really nice letter and it just says, what a crazy eight weeks. I'll not read it all, but I'll just give you the gist of it. And it says that the academy themselves have been overwhelmed with how everyone's faced it, shown positive attitude, kept smiling, kept creative, well done. It said it's half term at the minute, so I think this was a couple of weeks ago. Um, So hopefully you're getting a bit of chance to practice your skills outside if you can. But also, it says, and this is the the important part that I wanted to make, is it says, we know you wanted to be practicing your football at the minute because you're not playing, but just remember to do this. And it's got bullet points, like you said, a checklist. And they go from relax Go on, have a lie-in until lunchtime. Spend time with your family, playing your games console for longer than you think you should. Watch a movie, or why not watch a whole series on Netflix in one go. Eat your favourite foods, go for taste rather than how healthy it is. Play outdoors, eat sweets, speak to a friend, and the last one, enjoy yourself. Um, I just thought that was really, really good. good. So the football... Like manager people, they sent that to the youngest team. So the the people, all of them, the people in charge of the academy at United, sent it to all the academy players at the oh, club. So that's so good. So these these are kids from, I don't like I said probably kids from about six or seven up mm. until like, I don't know how old the, I feel the kids like that's go, but really seventeen, good eighteen. That. I feel like that's the type of thing I wish all businesses did because I f- like yeah having a checklist like that and especially if someone that you respect has actually told you to do that then you actually listen to it a bit more and you think yeah this is necessary to look after myself and it's just That's from so good. from a professional sports club as well and professional football club where the whole thing around that football club is they want to be the best football club obviously like it like everyone does and and they want their players to be the best and, and training the best and and we've seen obviously that the, the kids and stuff will be obviously wanting to try and play football at home they'll probably be missing it but the most important bit of that letter was look after yourself look after yourself and go and do these things if you want to go and have a like it said go and eat your favourite foods if it's not healthy it doesn't matter go and eat some space invaders okay is that the right those I mean, crisps yeah they are crisps like yeah. an alien yeah they space invaders yeah, yeah. Uh, space, space raiders space raiders space raiders <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it think, Space Raiders? I think so, yeah. The pickled onion ones. Yes, the yeah. pickled onion ones. Space, Space Raiders, I think. Yeah, that's that's really good. I feel like that's a really good idea. And I feel like I need to do that for me. And I feel like you should do that for you. Because sometimes, like, we know you can get so wrapped up in trying to be productive, can't you? And it just and then you, you actually then can't do whatever it is you're trying to do. I think I told you this ages ago, didn't I? when sometimes you'd be frustrated when you were trying to do like a video or a drawing or whatever it is that you'd be trying to do. And I'd say to you, you can only do this video 
if you're relaxed. If you're getting all at it, you're not going to do a good job anyway, so there's no point. So we have reached the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed having a recap of some of the older episodes. Um, Sometimes it's good as well for me to just reflect on how many episodes I've done now. Um, I'm really bad at doing that. I'm really bad at stopping and like looking at what I've done. I'm always like on to the next. So I actually really enjoyed having a bit of a recap. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll speak to you on the next one.